Hello, everybody. This is Bill Cameron from The Drive. Podcasts of The Drive are presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, now hiring for great-paying, skilled trade positions. Call 334-209-6355 to learn more. Thanks for listening. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the Tuesday Drive. Hope everybody doing well on a nice-looking day. A little chilly, but it is December so, uh, yes, I hope everybody doing well. Uh, you know, good luck to students who are taking finals and have finals coming up. To those of you that are done, hey, congratulations and, and happy holidays. Uh, so, yes, it is finals week here on campus. And uh, you would think that means there's not a lot going on. But, no, the transfer portal is open. Uh, football recruiting is full bore because we're seven let's see no 15 days away two weeks from tomorrow is the early signing period which has become the primary signing period so we will we can talk some about that still you know have some um aftermath or more feelings if you didn't get a chance to let us know what you thought about the uh college football playoff committee's decision and the four teams that have moved on to the playoffs. Uh, We'd love to hear from you on that. We know everybody's bowl destination. We talked about it a little yesterday. Auburn heading up to Nashville on Saturday, December 30th to take on the Maryland Terrapins. So all those things going on. And then today, I, I don't know if everybody has seen this. It is a lengthy, lengthy story that was uh, written earlier today by Ross Dellinger on, on Yahoo. And uh, it, 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 it is a, this could be a, not could be, if this is approved, it is going to be a game changer for college football. Uh, I, I, uh, Ross Dellinger writing that the president of the NCAA is, um, Proposing Charlie Baker is proposing for approval by the by the entire membership of the NCAA a new subdivision. This would basically be the super conference that has been talked about, and we'll get into this because this one, folks, is going to make you go wow when you hear what is being proposed. This doesn't mean this will that everything that's being proposed will be agreed on. But there are some huge changes that could be coming for college football, especially. All right, so we'll get into all those things and more as we move on. Uh, we we uh, are expecting to be joined by the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham, here in hour number one. And then we'll talk with uh, Jake Crane of Crane & Company in hour number two. Dan is on the road with the uh, Troy women's basketball team, and he'll be out today. Should be back in at some time tomorrow. I think he said that the plan was for them to be back in the Auburn area around four. Or they're going to drop him off. They're coming. They're going to Athens to play Georgia, 
and he said uh, they were expected back in Montgomery around uh, 4.30, to be in Montgomery around 4.30 or so as they head on toward Troy. So he thought, well, that should put him in Auburn sometime around 3.30, and he was already working it out with uh, Tracy, who, who runs the, the front office here at the, uh, the Auburn Network, to see if she might be able to pick him up and, and give him a ride tomorrow. So he's out, and, man, once again, I mean, if, if, you, if you didn't have the uh, opportunity to join, join us on Friday, um, we, were, we were very pleased. I was, just, I was thrilled to death that I was able to uh, uh, convince Coach Don Dunn to, to join me on Friday, and, and he's back in the studio today. Don, how are you doing? Doing great, Bill. Uh, thanks for having me again. I really enjoyed Friday, and uh, – my wife accused me of breaking the phones, but I did not break them last Friday. Golly, we'd never see it. Something <laughs> did happen toward the end of the show where, where the phones decided they'd had enough for the week. I guess it was Friday afternoon, and uh, they, they decided they'd had enough. But, but no, I mean, phones should be working here today, and we'd love for you to join in, and you can do so by calling the Drive Hotline, which is sponsored by Skybar, and that number is 334 334- Three two one thirteen ninety. So you can call us on the uh, on the drive hotline. You can text us on the drive text box, which is presented by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, who also sponsors the podcasts of the show. And the uh, the number to get you through there on the drive text box is three three four five six four eighteen forty. All right. Before I get into the get into the the breaking news, I mean that that big story about possible changes in the NCAA. Don, I'd love to get your thoughts on what we saw this weekend. Conference championships, um, it, it didn't go the way a lot of people thought, but it sort of went the way, uh, it, I don't think there were any big shocks. I mean, Washington beat Oregon. Oregon had been the favorite, but Washington had beaten them by three earlier. They beat them by three again. Uh, Alabama beats Georgia, and and that that's not a... That's not an absolute shocker. Nick Saban and Alabama have have had tremendous success in SEC championship games. Uh, and then Florida State is able to beat Louisville. Michigan takes care of business, as everyone expected, against Iowa. But the result in the college football playoffs has created a lot of controversy. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I thought the games went pretty much as we expected. I, I didn't really know about the Alabama-Georgia game. But when you give Coach Saban a, a second chance, uh, mm-hmm. not really a second chance, but uh, a chance to play for – to make the playoffs, he's going to do a great job. And I thought Georgia played a little tight at, at late in the game, I, I, like they were, you know, starting to think too much. And I know they had some injuries, uh, I think. Oh, yeah, they're two best receivers. I mean, Lad McConkey, who is like a tremendous on third downs, Tried to give it a go, and you could see, I mean, he had to take himself out, tried to come back in. And then the Brock Bowers, who, who played Saturday, was not the Bowers before his injury. He's going to be, you know, he's getting better, but he still doesn't have that explosion that he had earlier. No, no doubt. Uh, they, they were uh, hampered by those two injuries. And then I didn't think Florida State looked very good against Louisville. Uh, Louisville had their chances. You know, they threw an interception in the end zone. And uh, but I feel bad for Florida State because you know I've been there or we've been there, and for an undefeated team not to make the playoffs in a Power Five conference is is tough, and uh, it's unfortunate. And 
thank goodness next year we won't hopefully have to worry about it unless you're number 13. Yeah, but there <laughs> won't be 13 unbeaten teams. No. See, that, that's, that's what, the thing. Yes. I mean, yes. the problem, you know, in 2004, the problem was there were it was a two-team playoff and there were three unbeaten teams. Actually, four, weren't there? Yeah. And, um, the, and the rankings that we right. went into in the beginning so, of the season. So that one, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't fair, but that one was more understandable than when there were three unbeaten Power Five champions, and one of the three doesn't make the four team playoffs. Yeah, it's a shame. Uh, just feel really bad for the Florida State, especially the players, the coaches. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, put in all that work, and they did what they were asked to do. So, you know, it's a tough deal. Oh, no, no question about it. All right. So, yeah, if you've got any thoughts on that, uh, anything you want to talk about sports wise, while we got a few minutes, let me let me read you some of the proposals that Charlie Baker, according to Ross Dellinger of Yahoo Sports, uh, he is going to introduce to the NCAA membership a proposal to create a new subdivision within Division one that grants the schools that opt to join that more autonomy in policymaking and will allow them to compensate athletes. Now, schools have not been able to do that. Remember, there's been a separation, supposedly, between NIL and uh, the players and the, and the college and the, the, the university. All right, let me read you some of these. Um, the, one of the first things it says is, uh, members of the new subdivision will be permitted to strike name, image, and likeness deals with their own athletes, um, but but how about how about this? They they are uh, proposing that schools create trust funds, and this would be co- uh, colleges and universities that opt to join in would create invest at least, and this is a minimum thirty thousand dollars per year per athlete into what Charlie Baker calls an enhanced educational trust fund for at least half of a school's accountable athletes. So that would mean $30,000 times, and and for example, Auburn um, saw where Brett Whiteside uh, in an interview just a couple of days ago said there are over 300 athletes at Auburn, scholarship athletes. So if you're doing half, Say if you do the minimum, $30,000 times 150 is $4.5 million. Mm-hmm. And that is the minimum mm-hmm. that, can, that there can be in this trust fund. And the money would have to be distributed equally, according to Title IX, between male and female athletes. That is amazing. Uh, yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, um, it was projecting that it's going to cost at least $6 million dollars. For any school, it would be six million a year. But you know, you're hearing uh, NIL collectives say they need five or six million dollars a year to continue. Right. But now they're going to have to be distributing that equally to every sport between the males and and, and females. Yes. Um. So I wonder. I just wonder how that works. If a, if you know, as we, we heard uh, some comments from uh, Nebraska from Nebraska coach saying. Quarterbacks are worth a million to two million dollars a year. Well, if a million dollars goes to one player, then you're going to have to find a million. It goes to one male player, then a million dollars is going to have to go to female players. Now, I'm not saying it's going to have to go one to one, 
but that same amount of money must go to a to a female athlete. And there are also uh, now here are here are some of the other proposals within this that are really going to change. I mean, that's a big change. But how about this? The new subdivision would stay under the umbrella of the NCAA and they would compete for NCAA championships with all other schools except for football. And in football, these schools that are in this subdivision would gain control of scholarship limits, number of coaches, um, and it said whether or not to even have any limits on number of players, number of scholarships, number of coaches. And uh, Baker said this model would, quote, give the educational institutions with the most visibility, the most financial resources, and the biggest brands an opportunity to choose to operate with a different set of rules that more accurately reflect their scale. Yeah, that is a true super conference. Oh, you're not kidding. And uh, Can you imagine no scholarship limits, no limit to the number of coaches you can have? No, I can't. And it's going to be the rich get richer. And uh, it, I don't know how they can do this, but I guess they can. But uh, I don't know where the limit is. Where does it stop? I mean, you could have 100 coaches. You could have 200 kids on on a team. I'm, Whatever you can under- afford. Exactly. So it's going to be the rich get richer. Uh, and so we're looking at, like you and I were talking earlier, we might have three or four levels of football. Oh, yes. And uh, it's just amazing. I have not read that article yet, but it just blows my mind. Yeah, I, I was really – I mean, I saw the part about schools controlling NIL, and I thought that's probably been – been coming right because i mean you you've seen states that are trying to trying to legislate that but this is a this is a sharp i mean the most drastic change i can ever recall it really appears to me don that it's the ncaa knowing that that if they don't say it's okay under their rules they're going to lose these schools are going to break away and say hey and then they would lose probably lose those schools other sports as well yeah and you know they're they're it seems like they've lost control anyway. And uh, I think you're right. This is maybe a last gasp effort for them to mm-hmm. control it. And, uh, yeah, it's amazing. I have not read that article. I look forward to seeing it. But that when, when is this supposed to start? Well, it's going to be proposed place? to the membership uh, in January. It's going to be proposed to the, uh, to the schools in January. So, I mean, it's not about – I wouldn't imagine it's a, about to start, um, you know – who knows? I guess if it gets approved, it could start in time for the next school year. Wow. But, I mean, it, it is drastic, drastic changes proposed by the new head of the NCAA. We'll get to our first break here of the Tuesday afternoon edition of The Drive. Bill, Don Dunn, got Drew at the controls. We're joined by the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham, when we come back here on the Tuesday Drive. Six seven and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Tuesday Drive. Got a, 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 a this is a fun studio here. Not that it's not always fun. It's crazy with, with Dan, always. <laughs> but I mean some uh uh Di- different voices that 
than than every day. Mentioned Coach Don Dunn is is here as Dan is on the road with the Troy women's basketball team. They're headed to Athens, Georgia, uh, for a game this evening, and uh, it's Tuesday afternoon, and that means we're pleased to be joined by the voice of the Auburn Tigers. Andy Burcham. Andy, how you doing? I'm doing well. I was listening to you sign on the air, and I was disappointed that Dan wasn't here, but then I was very excited <laughs> that Don was here. So uh, I haven't, I can't remember the last time you and I had a chance to talk, Don. I don't, I don't, I don't know either. Uh, but I, I know my wife has ran into you several times, but well, it's you, been a while. She used to work on my teeth. Yes. Yep. Oh yeah, she did. All, I think she did all of us. Exactly. So anyway, I'm 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 glad to be here today, and and let me just echo a couple things. I Don I. When you were talking about that 04 season, I mean, that that was the conversation in our office yesterday. And with my wife, when I got back from App State on Sunday, mm-hmm. Auburn knows what this feels like to be an undefeated conference champion and to be left out. Yes, the situation is different. And then, and I, I really believe this, that 04 Auburn team is the reason that there is a playoff Right now. Oh, I don't think there's any question about that. Because none of us ever thought that an undefeated SEC team would be left out of a national championship picture, as that 04 team was. Right. And we have a Florida State grad in our office. Uh-huh. So you can imagine. I've got quite a bit of family that, yeah. that, that went to and, Florida State and, growing and, up in and, South and, Alabama. And so does Jan. Yeah. Uh, and she's they're, they're down in Defuniac Springs. So anyway, but, but he know. I mean, he was, you could guess, was – angered by everything that took place. And when folks asked me about it, I said this. Florida State should be upset that they're not in it, but I'm not surprised that Alabama is. No, I'm not either. Uh, And some of the reasoning that was given about the Florida State quarterback, to me, that's ridiculous. It is. It's ridiculous, and here's why. If, If that was the case for this committee, then why did you wait until the very last mm-hmm. poll to move Florida State down? They should have dropped Absolutely. the week before. Absolutely, and they did not. So Florida State and, and Georgia now play in a consolation game in the Orange Bowl now. <laughs> and, and people are going to try to use it to prove one thing or another. Yeah. If Florida State wins, that, will be, that would be justification that they should have been in. If Georgia wins, it will prove to the other side that they shouldn't have been in. Yeah. Whereas there's no telling who's going to be playing for either of those two teams. Well, and, and here, Don, I mean, did you guys feel any differently after going to the Sugar Bowl and beating Virginia Tech that, that you should or should not have been in the national championship game? Well, to this day, I still think we should have been. I, and uh, and yeah. I agree. And, and Florida State will always yeah, feel the same I, way. I, sure. I saw some things on uh, on my, I guess it's X now, whatever, but uh, <laughs> where Jason Campbell had right. oh, yeah. made a comment, and, and, uh, he, and basically he said, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying how it feels. Right. Well, and, and, I, and I'm, in a, I'm in a text chain with – those guys on right. our crew, and we have Jason Campbell, Ronnie Brown, and Will Herring, who are all right. part of that yes. that O four team, and the, and they know as well as anyone the incredible disappointment mm. of of being an undefeated SEC champion and being left out of uh, that situation. Let so. me ask you this, Andy: if if what, how do you think the four would have shaken out had I, had Georgia beaten Alabama? <sighs> I have a feeling Florida State might have I, been in. I do too. And and one one of one of the the 
the thought processes is to get Alabama and Texas in. To get Alabama in, I think you had you to, had have to Texas get Texas in. in and yes. but let's I don't know what went on yeah. behind. I, I and it, it's, it's Charlie a, Rich. It, it's a very <laughs> imperfect behind closed doors. That's right. right. Uh, it's it's an imperfect situation. But here's here's another little twist on this. If they hadn't messed this thing up, this would have been a, this would have been the first year for a twelve team playoff. And Florida State no would question. be in, and there's and it's partially and there, yeah. Florida some, State is partially well. There, to there's blame some, for there's this. some ACC role in the fact that oh, that yes. 12 team playoff did not come about this year. Yep, yep. They now, did not like Texas and Oklahoma leave. They didn't like conference right. realignment. Well, and, and, and but, so no, they but, they but, started their own alignment that and is, pushed this back. That is no consolation to no. those players and that staff. No, the players didn't have anything Florida to do with State it. Team this year. Um, so tough. Now, to your what you were talking about as well, the, the breaking news today. Uh, and I saw it as as well. And, and my question was what Don asked: When is this timetable? I think it's coming at some. We've, well, we've heard we've heard about this for quite some time now. Since NIL came out, well, we've heard that at some point the schools would take over, would have the authority to do this on their own. Mm-hmm. Now, not to this effect. Well, but you know, we heard. Remember, years and years ago, Georgia and Oklahoma were threatening. To uh, sure. to start the the super conference exactly. then and 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 as a result, we've also heard that every time the NCAA disappoints somebody, you keep hearing about, especially when it comes to football, the superpower or the super conference, whatever you want to do. It sounds to me that the NCAA this is a preemptive strike by the NCAA to keep everybody in the fold, mm-hmm. and it's a smart thing on the NCAA's part. Which you haven't been able to say many, many times through the years. Agreed. Now, whether they're able to implement it, and I guess, I don't know if he was able to, I don't know if he addressed the group in Las Vegas today, because I think that was to be the first thing, and then to present it to the full NCAA body January or February, whenever they, they, they meet. Yeah, he was either speaking, maybe tomorrow okay. that he's supposed to All speak right. in Vegas. There, there, is a, there is a group in Vegas mm-hmm. right now. Athletic administration. Exactly. And so that was where the first speech was coming from, and then to, in, in some form, to present to the full NCAA body later this winter. Next, mm-hmm. next year, literally, right. in 2024, but, but in the winter. And then now, how much of that? becomes part of the true proposal when this takes place i don't know but this is this we will look back i think on this day as one of those moments where at least it was initially defined by the ncaa oh i agree this has the uh it's going to be really really interesting to watch this as it as it continues because there have been problems with the numbers because everyone in the ncaa gets uh, you know, the, the, their vote counts as much from the um, from the, the the smaller schools as it does from the larger schools, and they're only wow. you know sixty something. They're sixty sixty five yeah. power five schools. You you mentioned Brett Whiteside, and he is on this week's Talking Tigers podcast. Saw that. With, Haven't had a with, chance to hear it with Elijah McAllister. The first part is is Brett, who's the general manager of Auburn's NIL collective, mm-hmm. on to victory, and then. Elijah McAllister is in the second segment, and he talks about the work that he has done with his NIL funds with regard to the Elijah McAllister Foundation. And he has done terrific work in Nashville and here at Auburn. Um, and it, anyway, so 
Take a listen to that at the AuburnTigers.com website. But, but yeah, Brett talked about the 300 athletes and 15 different sports that are being served by the On to Victory Collective mm-hmm. at this point. But he also mentions, and it's, it's interesting because this podcast is out, this current model is going to change. Well, I didn't realize Boy, it was going to quickly. change the, the, the day after the podcast came out at that wow. point. That is great. Andy Bertram joining us here in the studio. Um, I'll tell you what, we will get to a call before we get to our bottom of the hour break. And let's go ahead and get to John. Hey, John. Hey, guys. I got a uh, quick question for you all. I heard what you were saying about the uh, schools taking over direct payment to the athletes, possibly. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that change their status from students to employees? And wouldn't that change the entire uh, way that you would have to go about uh, facilitating the sport? I believe that in the way that this was uh, listed and with the with the quotes around an enhanced, let me let me find that that exact quote. Uh, called it an enhanced educational trust fund. I believe is the uh, is the way it was described. And yes, that's that's an enhanced educational trust fund, which would be then doled out by the university. That I think is the way of keeping it from the players becoming employees. At least that's the attempt. Okay. All right. Thank you. Appreciate the call, John. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. That's a really good question. Great oh yes. Question. <laughs> well, you know, remember there've been there've been some calling for that, asking sure. for that. Exactly. Uh, but then there are other things that happen. In, if, if that were to uh, be the case. Right. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Love for you to join in. Again, the Drive Hotline, 334-321-1390. On ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Just the kids in the studio. <laughs> that would be that would be Drew in this crowd, and it's not even close. No, it's it's Bill, Andy. Don Dunn, and we'll get to the Drive Hotline, and Terry. Hey, Terry. Hey, good afternoon, Bill. Andy, Coach Dunn, how are y'all doing? Doing well, Terry. How are you today? Doing good, doing Terry. Fantastic. Andy had a question for you specifically. Uh-oh. During the Auburn-Virginia Tech basketball game the other night, you made a reference to a young man that was playing for Virginia Tech named Steiner. Mm-hmm. And you made some reference to his, his – I don't know, something his, about him being related to the Steiner brothers, yeah, the his, former wrestler. His father – is uh, one of the one of the Steiner brothers. They live in Ackworth, Georgia. Uh, his his the family name I think is Rex. The son's name is Rex Steiner. Uh, but yeah, that is the son of the former pro wrestler. Sure is. That, that's what I thought. I was kind of halfway listening and multitasking, which I should know better. I can't do that. <laughs> listening, I, I said that sounded like Andy said that, and I wasn't sure if I heard that correctly. Absolutely true. Okay. Now, the thing about the, the polls, and I wonder if you guys agree with this, because I, I think there's more to this than – I think Louisville losing to Kentucky the week before had played more of a factor than people are give, they're saying. I think if they win that game, their Florida State has a better chance. I guess. I, I've heard so much about how Florida State wasn't impressive uh, without their quarterback. How impressive was Alabama uh, beating Auburn? You know, at the, at the last second, seems like I heard a lot of talk about how spectacular Alabama had been the last two weeks. It was a spectacular fourth and thirty-one, 
But, I mean, uh, they, they've struggled sometimes, too. I think, uh, you know, you've got to try to justify. When you, have, when you have four teams picked, you need to try to justify as best you can. Oh, Bill, my goodness, I'm to be 57 years old shortly, and I'm blind, and, and I could make the throw that Jalen Hurts made, Jalen Milrose threw. He had seven, seven or eight seconds to throw the ball. I couldn't make it yeah. with, with, with an hour. It was a really good throw. It, it really was. was. It was a really good throw. I mean, you're a quarterback I, yeah. all day. Most quarterbacks can, can get off a good oh, throw. I, I, don't, I don't know that you'll find anybody that doesn't wish that somebody had made him run around a little bit. Appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a good day. Thanks, Appreciate Terry. it, Terry. That still hurts. All right, here's a question we were talking about during the break with regard to the proposal that, that, that you, you let off the show with today. Uh-huh. Right now, NIL collectives are not do not – it is not a tax-deductible donation to those collectives. Mm-hmm. Some were set up that way. Then the ruling came down that they were not tax-deductible. Right. And those groups – now, on to victory from the start was a, not, a for-profit entity – saying, listen, this is not tax deductible. Those that, that set up that were now are having to go back, and those, those folks are not getting that tax break. With this proposal, if it comes under the university, does that make it, or does, does that make it a tax deductible, eligible donation to the university? I would think with that wording of enhanced educational trust fund that it – the intention is for that to be the case, and that would really boost. Yes, it would. I think the the revenue it, it would make it much more attractive to for, for folks to be able to contribute. So, uh, so yeah, that that is something that could be a positive for for the uh, you know groups that are handling this. You know, if the, you know if they're brought in house under the schools. So yeah, we we will we'll watch that. All right, Terry mentioned Terry mentioned basketball. Yeah. Uh, tough trip up to well, it wasn't really a tough trip. No, it was the, a tough game. The, the trip was fine. Yeah, uh, just you find a, you find, a, find it, a couple of places. We we went there's well, there's a place you know it's, it's Boone, North Carolina, and uh, there is a family style restaurant called the Daniel, Daniel Boone, Boone Inn. Inn. All right, Don, you know, been there, <laughs> and as you can tell, <laughs> and it's it, it's a it's a cash only business. Wow, but it, but it, it reminds there me there aren't many of, of those no, left now. They have an they have an ATM there where you can oh, make okay. your withdrawal. <laughs> Uh, but it's a beautiful old building there. I, as I gather, it's been there for quite some time. And it is fried chicken and hamburger steak and ham biscuits and green mm. beans and coleslaw and stewed to, uh, apples and dessert. And it's all you can eat. And it was delicious. That, that was our one venture wow. into Boone from the hotel we stayed. And then, of course, we, we, we were at the game. It was just a poor shooting day for Auburn, uh, especially from three. Auburn made, I think, two three-pointers two or three three-pointers in the game, and then went 9 of 19 the from free the free-throw throw line. line in a game that was very winnable for the Tigers. And it was – they told us it was a sold-out crowd. It was not a sold-out attendance for the game. It was still mm-hmm. a great crowd, and their students were right there behind Auburn's behind Auburn's basket in the second half. They played very well, especially well in the second half, and shot this – were 7 of 15, I think – from three in the second half alone. And that was the difference. I mean, it was just a poor shooting game for Auburn. I thought Auburn played well enough to win it, just did not shoot it very well. What's been interesting is, I mean, the the concern, some of the concerns that Bruce Pearl had coming into the season looked like, oh, they, they've been addressed or they're handling pretty well. Auburn defensively, I thought, has played pretty darn well this year. They don't turn the ball over at an alarming rate. They just have struggled to shoot, and that's that's an area where 
we felt and, you know, just watching them practice and early this season, uh, I still think this should be a pretty good shooting team. It's just the last couple of ball games. Last Auburn two. three of 27 uh, Saturday and two of 16 yeah. the game before. So they're five of their last 43 from outside the arc. And you, I mean, that, that's a little concerning when you've done that in back-to-back games and now knowing the schedule that you have oh, yes. moving forward. Indiana plays tonight at Michigan. So they will be two games deep into the Big Ten by the time those two teams, Auburn and Indiana, meet in, it, in Atlanta on, on Saturday. Then Auburn goes on the road to, uh, to Huntsville to play the neutral site game against UNC Asheville. And Asheville uh, was a team that, was, that, that won its conference tournament a year ago. Then you come back home. And, oh, by the way, it's USC coming in. And that may be the best team yeah, with, that with, you have faced. Looks like Bronny James is right. going to be available. Exactly. So these next th- three ball games for the Tigers are very, very tough. And tougher, I think, than Virginia Tech, Appalachian State. Mm-hmm. So you better start pulling them some things together from an offensive standpoint. And, and while it was discouraging shooting-wise, I didn't think Auburn took bad shots. On Sunday, you know, it didn't fall. No question about right. that. And, and I know Bruce doesn't want to discourage anybody right. when they, if it's someone he has confidence in their ability to shoot and they've got an open shot, he wants them to take it. And that will, I don't think that will change. It was an interesting week. If you look at the teams that lost last yeah. week, Kentucky gets beat at home by uh, Wilmington. Yeah, which is, I think, in the same conference as the team we play next well, week. That App State had beaten yeah. Wilmington yes. earlier yeah. this year. Last week, I believe. And, uh, you know, Purdue went down. Uh, so, I don't think we can panic. But oh, no. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting year in basketball. Absolutely yes. is, Don. No question about that. And it, and it starts again for Auburn after final exams this yep. week. And you know what that's like to coach through a final exam week. Um, and so, practice times will probably be a little bit different this week. As, uh, mm-hmm. And, and I, Bruce Pearl told us that he feels good about the team academically. That's good. Yeah, real good. <laughs> That's a positive. Well, I'll tell you one one thing that I noticed this week is I've noticed that the the final schedule has changed a little on campus, where they used to go from eight in the morning, uh, and and a lot of them would go until seven thirty. Most most classes now, with it being all week, and not just four days the way right. it's been, most finals are between eight and three thirty now. Yeah, the only you, the only finals after three thirty are like seven o'clock a.m. or six yeah. p.m. classes. You, so you so can, it's a little more time for the team to be able to get together after. You finals. can you can tell it's final exam week on campus. Oh yes, you yeah. can. You know, just take a look at the parking lots. Mm-hmm. Right, you can you can see that. Uh, but but by, by the time Auburn gets ready for that Indiana game, then they they concentrate on basketball for the better part of a month. Right now. With uh, with Indiana, then Asheville, and then USC. Then your your final game before Christmas is Alabama State. Then Chattanooga and Penn after Christmas. And then you start on the road at Arkansas right. in the first game of the SEC. And as Bruce Pearl said, listen, I mean, this past Saturday, or Sunday was Auburn's first true road game. And Auburn did not play particularly well in that. And now you've got some darn tough games oh, coming up on kidding. the road mm-hmm. you're not uh, starting in january we'll get back to the uh, drive hotline before we get to our final break of hour number one and john is up hey john hey guys bill you got a couple outstanding men up there with you right now <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh yeah off, no no kidding uh, how are you off, doing 
I'm doing great. Once I never thought I'd hear my name sponsored by the Sky Bar, but uh, <laughs> that's always a pleasure. <laughs> but uh, one question I have about this whole trust fund and NIL, can they still go out and get an NIL bill on their own if Ford or whoever wants to give them money? That, that, includes, that doesn't go into the Title IX stuff, right? If, no. If you have a quarterback that gets pickup trucks or whatever. That's a great question, yeah, John. These I are mean, great questions we're I, getting today. It's hard for me to imagine that they couldn't, but I no, wonder. I but it, but if NIL is supposed to be handled through, if if it does get brought in house and is handled by the school, then I guess maybe that that dealership or whatever would have to to come to the you know to the group on campus and go through them. Right. Didn't Sui Lee have a really big deal with one of the apparel companies or something? Yes. And and that's so, and that's one of without NIL, Suny Lee never competes at Auburn. Right. You know it? Um when I've been out talking to, to folks at different alumni events and folks have voiced their displeasure with regard to NIL, I said, Well, listen, I, I understand that, but there's a couple folks I mean, did were, did you enjoy watching Suny Lee? Win an individual national championship for Auburn. If you did, remember NIL. The fact that the Olympics were pushed back a year and NIL, Sunny Lee would have never been an Auburn Tiger. Oh, you're right. Hey, I watched gymnastics on TV this year, and I've never done that right. before. Right, exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, it's worked. Well, guys, I just wanted to call in and say, <laughs> hey, to both of you, Coach Dunn, uh, always enjoyed my feelings with you. And, Andy, of course, you know I love you. And uh, appreciate that, John. Thank going. you. Talk to y'all later. Take Thanks, John. Good hearing from you, John. Take care, man. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I just, yeah. Whole home week here now. <laughs> yeah, really? Man. <laughs> All right. We'll get to our final break here of hour number one. Still time for you to join in. 334-321-1390 as we continue with the Tuesday Drive. It's time to stop you.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final segment of hour number one. Our final segment with Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers. Let's see. See, you got you got a couple of days here before, before you're uh, back while finals are going yeah, on. Yeah, I've already got my two deep ready for Maryland. I worked on that all day yesterday and today. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, we'll have Tiger Talk Thursday night. We'll be at Bomb Hours uh, at 6, Bruce Pearl and uh, Paris Buchanan. Paris, part of the Auburn Athletics team. We're going to talk the bowl game, mm-hmm. ticketing, uh, the event that's going to take place the night before down at the the Wild Horse, is it Wild Saloon. Horse Saloon, yeah, yeah. In, in downtown Nashville. So that's, our, that's Tiger Talk on that's Thursday. That's a big place. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I've just seen pictures of it, so we're looking forward. We'll do Tiger Talk there the night before the bowl game on the 29th. And then, of course, on Saturday, Auburn and Indiana from Holiday Hoops Giving in uh, in Atlanta at the State Farm Arena. We'll be on the air. Randall Dickey joins me on the call. Brad Law as well at 1230 on Saturday. This is a third or a fourth or fifth straight year that Auburn has played mm-hmm. in this event. It has paid off. You just look at Auburn's recruiting in Atlanta. Yeah, look, well, look right. at their roster. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and this is a great event. From what I gather, there's going to be a big Auburn contingent. Indiana's going to bring some folks too, by the mm-hmm. way. Right. They uh, for this. So looking forward to looking forward to that ball game. Yeah, they're playing Saturday. pretty well. As you said, they've got Michigan tonight. Got Michigan. They, they opened the Big Ten with a win at home against Maryland uh, last weekend, and they go to they're playing at Michigan tonight. Uh, so that's their last game before the, the, the game with Auburn on on Saturday. 
as we mentioned, finals going on. It is a uh, we talked about it a little last week, Andy. I mean, it is a crazy time in football. Yeah. Even though finals are going on right now, the coaches are juggling. All right, who is who is staying? Yeah. Who's leaving? Auburn has had, I believe, five or six players enter the transfer portal. Three receivers. It's six. Three receivers, two defensive linemen, and who is the Steven Sinks? Um, so yeah, six. I believe thus far, that's a drop in the bucket compared to some schools. I've seen, um, you know, some schools that have lost more than a dozen players already. Maryland, Auburn's opponent in the in the Music City Bowl, has lost one of its top tacklers, a a, a linebacker, and its top two die two tight ends, and they throw to their tight ends a ton in this offense. That that I'm reading, just like everyone else, they've. Mm-hmm. Played, I, I guess they've lost them. I don't know. I suppose they could play. Yeah, you know, it would be a little odd to play if you've you declared for the portal. Uh, but you know, that was one of the things that that Hugh Freeze talked about a week ago yesterday. Was you know how do you finishing? Yeah, exactly. How do you finish the year? And and as he talked about, and you asked a great question about your your portal class, but you're 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 recruiting your own team. You're, you're already in the portal. You are trying to close what could be a fantastic recruiting class for the 2024. And, oh, by the way, going through finals and getting ready for a bowl game. Yeah, that's all. And the portal <laughs> won't close until after you've played your bowl game and after signing the day. Po- the portal doesn't close until January 3rd. Right. And he wasn't happy about that, was he? I don't know. I can't imagine any coaches being happy with with that. That was his point. That's that's another. I think. Well, if that's the case, if if what we started talking about at the beginning of the show and this proposal by Charlie Baker comes up, all that could change. Could because Charlie Baker was saying that recruiting would all be left up to the schools that are opting into that new subdivision. Ooh. So they they put in their own. Recruiting periods when players can sign. That's how the, many analysts would you have liked to have had, Don? Uh, a bunch. <laughs> uh, I would have liked to have been an analyst sometimes because they make a lot of money. But yeah, and uh, they don't get the blame that, if things is, don't go well, do right, they? Exactly. That is the one good thing. Uh, we talked Friday, I think, Bill. I miss coaching so much. I miss the kids. The the things that go with it. I don't miss any of this stuff. I don't know how they do it. I'm confused just listening. <laughs> but uh, I, I was thinking on the way over. Okay, these kids want to, you know, opt out of the bowl game. They don't. They want to get in the portal. Well, let's dock them if they're getting their money. I don't know. Well, if that's and, probably and, not and, and, possible. And, and let me give you an example. Their top corner is Jahib Still. I think I pronounced that correct. He is already declared for the draft. Now, he has said his intention right now is that he will play in the bowl game. But that could change. Right. We have seen some Auburn guys in the past mm-hmm. declare and oh, decide yeah. not to play. All of, I mean, we're in such an interesting time of flux right now with this, this game coming up for Auburn. And it's it's not just Auburn; it's They're everywhere. Absolutely, it's, it's with every, it's with Crazy. everybody. Crazy. A- Andy, great to uh, great to have you back here in the studio again. I good mean, it's going to be good a, to see you, Don. You too, buddy. Yep, uh, my pleasure. We'll, we'll look forward to a Tiger Talk on Thursday night, and then of course the broadcast on Saturday. Looking forward to it. And then we'll talk next week with you, I guess, on the way. Yeah, on, on the way, way for the uh, Asheville game. Exactly. Have great. a great day. Yep. Have a great week. We will uh, take our top of the hour break. Back with hour number two, Bill and Don. 
Love for you to join in here on the Tuesday Drive. This is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in to our number two of the Tuesday Drive. Hope everybody doing well on this Tuesday. Uh, as we get ready for hour number two, it's Bill and Don Dunn. Yes, Coach Dunn here in the studio with me as Dan is on the road. See, we just made that one-letter change from, <laughs> yeah. uh, from Dan to Don. No, uh, Dan is on the road with the Troy women's basketball team. They're headed to Athens. Uh, well, I would imagine, no, they're in Athens as they've got a game uh, tonight. But he'll be back, uh, should be back uh, in time for if not all the show, most of the show tomorrow. So Don graciously uh, accepting the offer to come back in today. So you decided to do it again after, even after Friday, huh? Yeah, uh, I was very excited to get your text today. Uh, I didn't know if I'd ever be invited back. Oh, no, no, no. But, you, uh, you did just fine. Well, I, appreciate I mean, the phones it. decided to go crazy haywire there at the uh, at the end of the show the other day, but we decided that was just because it was a Friday thing. But. Yeah, Friday afternoon. It wasn't the 13th, though, was it? No, <laughs> no, fortunately it wasn't. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was the 30th, I guess, yeah. Yeah, wow, um, December. Or, or the 1st. Mm. Yeah, it was the 1st. Um, but, but yes, so, so Don back with us. Our thanks to Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, for joining us in, in uh, most of our number one. And if you missed any of our visit with Andy, we encourage you to check out the podcast. You can find them wherever you get your podcasts, and they're brought to you by Southeastern Industrial Contractors, who is also the sponsor of our text box, the Drive text box, 334-564-1840, or you can call us. We'd love for you to join the show. The uh, Drive hotline presented by Skybar is 334-321-1390. Hour number two of the Drive Brought to you, as usual, by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. We'll get back in, talk a little more. If you weren't with us in hour number one, there is potentially a huge story in the works that I think some people are just now starting to unravel a little bit. The new head of the NCAA, uh, President Charlie Baker, is introducing this week a proposal to create a new subdivision within Division I for football. Now, this, uh, this would only be affecting football, uh, but it would grant schools that are in this subdivision more autonomy around policymaking and allow the schools to compensate athletes themselves instead of through the separate NIL entities. Uh, so this... This is, it could be a, com, I mean, a complete change in the way the NCAA runs. It would take uh, football and create the teams that would uh, put in an average of $30,000 for at least half of their scholarship athletes per year. And just taking Auburn, for example, we were talking uh, with Andy about this, and and he said, you know, just uh, reminding folks, check out the latest uh, Talking Tigers podcast where they have Brett Whiteside, head of the Auburn NIL Collective, who was uh, talking about 300 athletes in 15 sports. 
So if you take half of that, multiply that times 30,000, each school would uh, have to have a trust fund, and they're calling this an enhanced education trust fund that would be somewhere in the $6 million range is what is expected for every school. But that's pretty much what most schools are trying to get in their collectives right now. The one thing that would be different would be this is run by the schools. If it's handled by the schools, it would have to be Title IX. Uh, It would have to abide by Title IX, which would mean that there would have to be as much money distributed to female athletes as there are to the male athletes. So that would, I think, uh, require even more money being in the NIL fund. Yeah, this is amazing. I'm kind of in shock. I I look forward to you know, reading more about it and seeing what's going to happen. But that's a large amount of money. But like you and I were talking earlier, some of these schools are probably already putting that much money or more into their program. And as Andy brought up, if this is under the purview of the schools and it is, uh, again, a, quote, enhanced education trust fund, unquote, you would think that that could allow it to be tax deductible, which – Right now, contributions to NIL collectives are not. And that would be um, you know, a tremendous incentive right. for a lot of folks to be able right. to and, contribute. And I think we were talking a little bit, too, maybe be able to incorporate that into season ticket holders if that counts. Oh, absolutely. That would their, help your you know, priority? Yes. Oh. I didn't know what that No question. Was, no, I've, I've become very familiar yeah, with that. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I never had to worry about that. Oh. But uh, I remember when I was a graduate assistant at Tennessee under – you know, the famous Johnny Majors, sure. he always talked about we need to pay the players. This is back in 83, mm-hmm. 84. He was ahead of his time. Just think if he'd have got some of that done. But back then, though, that was no-no, except everybody was doing it under right. the table, yeah. not over the table. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we can talk more about that. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise here in hour number two of The Drive with Bill and uh, Coach Dunn. And let's get to the phones, and Jeremy gets us started. Hey, Jeremy. Yeah, hey, guys. Um, you know, you're talking about this being tax-deductible and everything. Your Tigers Unlimited donations are not tax-deductible now. And I've right. got a feeling the way that they restructured that law, what was it, about five or six years ago, mm-hmm. that any, just because you're donating it to the university, if it's doing anything going toward tickets or ticket priority, that you get something in return for it, it will not be tax deductible. Yeah, that that's a good point. But I guess I guess if you gave it, it wasn't used for priority, but it was for this education trust fund. Maybe that would be. Maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so basically, what they're doing is they're they're putting a floor down. And I know we've talked about this in the past. Don't you expect that? Like the coaches and stuff are never going to go for just a free for all, highest bidder when it comes to player structure, team structure, and all that other kind of stuff. You'll, you will never get all of them on, on a page to allow for that. I've got to imagine you're going to do what they've talked. We, we've talked in the past. There will be some sort of uh, salary cap that everybody has to operate under for sports. Um, don't, don't you imagine? Well, you know, maybe by doing this, bringing it in-house and putting it under Title IX, that would force there to be a salary cap. If you have, if you have um, maximum, uh, even, yeah. it would have to even be like sport by sport. Though, like Nick Saban is not going to agree to compete with, like just just go 
that you know that Nick Saban, Hugh Freeze, nobody nobody's ever going to agree to that. There, there would have to be a sport by sport yes. on whether whether it be scholarships and the amount of money that, that can be spent, and it'll be up to you to decide how how you split it up. Whether you want to pay your quarterback half a million or in your left tackle half a million, and then pay your second string DB five grand. Yeah, you know what's going to be really interesting when this when this is talked about more. Uh, obviously, who's going to be in charge of this? I mean, the NCAA is not. There's going to have to be a commissioner or a something over this that would then um, that, that would then try to have some kinds of parameters. That's what we've talked about since yeah. the beginning. There've got to eventually be some parameters because what Charlie Baker is talking about sounds crazy when he said, "Well, you know." The NCAA is not going to be concerned with any limits on scholarships or coaches or spending. Somebody's yeah, going to be concerned be, with that. It, yeah. It, it, well, he literally says it would be left up to the schools to decide how all of that gets done, right? Yes. Yeah, and that, that's, it would be up to whatever schools decide to join in on this. Mm-hmm. It will be up to them to set their own rules at that point. And I, I start to wonder, like, you start talking, we're in basketball season now, the NCAA tournament and all that other kind of stuff. Your, your Gonzagas and Butlers of the world, if you've got schools that are playing in a separate level of Division One athletics in football, but they're allowed to whatever half your student athletes are, that's going to include basketball players. You're going to have your butlers and Gonzagas of the world that won't be able to compete with that anymore. Oh, no. You're right. Yeah. And so you're talking about going from, you know, you know, everybody likes their, their March Madness and stuff. This will wreck that. It will absolutely wreck March Madness. This, I mean, it, it is, to me, I mean, this is the most drastic thing I've, I've ever heard, and there have been some crazy things through the years, and – in athletics, but this may be as drastic as we've ever seen. It is, and I, I'm not going to say it's not like so. We've, we've been headed here for a long time. I, look, I used to think my dad was crazy. He used to talk about this kind of thing back when the SEC first added Arkansas and South Carolina. Um, he was he was convinced then that this is where we were headed. Um, but, you know, now that you're, now that you've, you know, kind of step by step gotten to this point, um, you know, I, I, I agree with y'all. He's just throwing this idea out there, hoping to keep these schools placated mm-hmm. so that they don't go and do their own thing outside of the NCAA. Right. That, that's what it appears to me. Oh, I agree with you, Jeremy. I mean, they, they want to, I mean, they're maintaining in this, they would maintain control of all the championships except for football. Because right. if, if the schools all pulled away, then, hey, the NCAA has got the rest. Right. That's all they've got for their championship. And look, the, the SEC, the SEC for years has been okay with that because of the amount of money. I don't, I don't. What, what percentage of the SEC revenue still comes from the March Madness tournament? It's a big chunk. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. At one point in time, March Madness generated the majority of uh, financial distribution that the NCAA handed out. That included bowl game money and all that. Oh yeah, that the NCAA distributes. No question about that. Right. March Madness distributes more money than the college football championships does. Yeah, and I, you know, going going down this road though, you're you're running the risk of blowing. You know, you're like I said, you're some traditional basketball schools that aren't going to want to pony up for for to be able to compete in football with. 
with Alabama and Notre Dame and USC because they're just not going to want to go that route. But it will wreck their basketball program if they don't. Uh, you're right. What I think might happen, like Bill and I were talking earlier, you may have two divisions in basketball, a, a super group and then a lower group, same in football. Which, yeah, but it would stink that that, yeah. that, that you didn't ha- you wouldn't have those basketball only powers being able to really yeah. compete anymore. Exactly. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're talking right. about having a you know instead of having a field of 68 out of 300 and something schools, you'll go back to a field of 16 to 24 out of 60 to 70 schools. Yeah, right. unless you just let everybody in the super division just be in the tournament. It's gonna be. You're not kidding. Appreciate it, Jeremy. Thank you. 334-321-1390. And Tex is next. Hey, Tex. Hey, Bill. Hey, Coach Dunn. Much respect for you, sir. I loved watching your players play. Thank you, Tex. I love watching you coach. Thank you. I appreciate uh, that. No, thank you for what you did for the university I love so much. Uh, I would have called earlier, but I just got towed out of the ditch when I heard – uh, an older guy say he could have made the same throw that Jason Milrow made in that in the fourth uh, and forty one. So oh, that's, uh, that's anyway. Well, I got uh, two things. Uh, I've long proposed or thought that sooner or later, the top sixty teams in the NCAA Division One would go off and make their own league. Ten, I mean, excuse me, six ten team conferences, and. We would take all the TV money. We'd take all the basketball money. Uh, I think eventually you're going to – if this goes through, I think eventually you're going to see the leagues pull away, manage themselves, have 60 teams in one division, and play. I'll get your comments after I hang up. But, Coach Dunn, I have two questions for you, sir, if you yes, don't sir. mind. Uh, when you were coaching, interior defensive linemen and then outside guys, what did you look for when you were recruiting them and what strengths did they need to have versus what would you do in today's game looking for defensive linemen? Great question. Um, you know, I, I mostly had uh, the inside guys, the D tackles, which was the nose guard back then and a three technique as we called them. Those guys uh, back in those days before a lot of the run and shoot, the no huddle, we wanted big, strong thick kids that can hold the line of scrimmage, hold the double team, be able to split the double team, keep their hat in the crack as we or the gap as as you would understand. And then the outside guys are more of speed up the field guys that could run, could uh, sometimes drop in coverage if we had a coverage where we dropped the end. But nowadays I think you have to recruit four type of uh, just athletes that can run that are tall, long, great hips, change of direction, all those things. Because nowadays it's, um, you know, like people call it basketball on grass and with a no huddle. I think the defensive line, and Bill and I talked about this last week, you have to have great defensive linemen like Georgia's had, Alabama, and then we're going to get to eventually. But they're a different type. You know, the short – stocky nose guard type back in the 70s and the 80s, early 90s, all the way up, struggles. But you still need a run stopper. So now now you're seeing these guys that are huge, mm-hmm. 300, 320, 6'4", 6'5", that can run, you know, five flat or better. And that's changed the game. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. 
So you're looking for more like Charles Barkley type big guys now. Yeah, big, big, big back back ends that can run and jump. <laughs> and I, I give an example of a kid that was way ahead of his time was Reggie White. I was very lucky to be a graduate assistant at Tennessee. My job was to tell him what time the game started. <laughs> I had nothing to do with him, but he had the greatest hips that I've ever seen. He was a big, strong kid that could turn his hips and get in between like two chairs without touching it. And he was—he never really was a big weightlifter back then. You know, he was just such a natural athlete. But great hips, great feet, change of direction. Yeah, I think it was a big, tall basketball player would be a great, uh, excellent defensive lineman like Charles Barkley. Well, I know you got probably got guys waiting, Coach Dunn. Appreciate you sharing that with me. I truly appreciate it. Thank and you, Bill. Thanks for having Coach Dunn on. Hey, oh, tell Dan he's going a lot of road trips. Tell <laughs> he's Dan he's going a lot of road. He's trips. got plenty. He's got plenty. Don't worry. I'll send you <laughs> my. Right, guys, I'll, I'll send you your money later. <laughs> thanks. Appreciate right, it, Tex. We need to get to our first break here of hour number two. John, hang on if you can. We'll be right back with more of the Tuesday Drive. Trust Dixie Overhead Door to restore your garage door with a comprehensive tune-up. For a limited time, it's Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Tuesday afternoon. Bill and Coach Don Dunn got Drew at the controls. And, yeah, I, I, John, hang on. Do hang on. But Keith was actually uh, ahead of John. So we'll get to Keith first. Hey, hey, Keith. Hey, yeah. Um, yeah, as far as all the changes and stuff, I, I don't know what to say about that. They'll find a way to mess it up. Uh, <laughs> it, but, ain't, um, it, it It's sure not the college, uh, the college game that we knew – you know, even a decade ago. That's right. But um, I just have two questions. Uh, the uh, As far as the, the team this year, how many players, you know, there was a lot made about how much talent was on there and how much wasn't on there and all that kind of stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. how many players off that team uh, somewhere down the line do you think might have a chance to play in the NFL? And then second question is uh, – any of the players that left in the last few years, uh, have you got any reports on any of them doing well? Um, let's see. Well, I'll tell you what, what's uh, one guy that, that I heard talked about a little bit just today uh, was, was a defensive a defensive lineman, Richard Juvenor at Troy. Mm-hmm. An outstanding year as the Trojans, you know, had another great year. Um, there, there haven't been an awful lot of guys that I think have left and – and you go, man, how much better we would have been with him. I think Kobe Hudson had is is somebody that that is uh, that Auburn would have liked to have had this year. Uh, you know, with the troubles they had at receiver. But other than that, I'm trying to think of any other, of the other players that left. Well, yeah, obviously Bo. Bo Bo's a Bo's a, a Heisman finalist. But I mean, we've talked plenty. Of, we've talked plenty about Bo Nix. But I'm, I'm thinking a lot. A lot of the other guys that 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 have left. I mean, sure. Uh, it, it. I, I think the talent. Even you know what Coach Freeze has talked about is this team wasn't as talented as some of the teams they played against. I still think they they improved the talent this year over what 
it would have been had they not been able to go out and, and change some kids' minds in recruiting and, and bring some of the players they brought in through the transfer portal. Yeah, I agree, Bill. I think uh, Coach Freeze and his staff did a good job of developing some players, and they got better as the year went on. You know, take out the New Mexico State game. Those things are going to happen. I don't care. But, yeah, I saw improvement. I thought our defense played well pretty much all year. I agree. Uh, we didn't have the big, big, you know, SEC defensive lineman that everybody else has. Marcus Harris. Tell other, you what, other than, right. yes, I was yeah. going to say, now, yeah. congratulations to Marcus Harris for making the AP All-SEC team. He didn't. He wasn't even on the first two teams from the coaches. Right. And that that's, is that's understand. a disgrace. Yeah, I, I, it, it's so much politics. I hate to say that, but – and a lot of it has to do with your record, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh, I don't know who some of these people are that vote or elect these these guys. But, yeah, that was a disgrace. But he, he was a good player. But I think they did a good job coaching and, and getting better. I really do. Mm -hmm. Should have beaten Georgia. Should have beaten Alabama. Should have, would have, could have, you know. Could have, for sure. Anything else, Keith? Oh, did we lose him? All right. Appreciate the call, Keith. We'll move on. 334-321-1390. And John is up next. Hey, John. Hey, guys, really enjoying the show. Coach Dunn, I was a student uh, in media relations many years ago when you and Coach Tuberville were uh, leading the football program. I thought you guys were a great bunch of guys who did a great job. And I'm sure I speak for a lot of Auburn people who say I sure enjoyed that uh, six-game winning streak across the uh, – <laughs> with, uh, you know, with across those pleasant, unpleasant people across the state. I just had two quick questions. Uh, number one, Bill, um, on the NIL collective, would – would Bond of Victory cease to exist, or would that actually be in addition to the to a like internal funding by Auburn? And my second question was, Coach Don, um, uh, being a defensive coach, would you rather face like a dominant deep, uh, offensive line? Uh, what's a bigger challenge, facing a dominant um, offensive line that, is, that has an average tailback or a great tailback uh, behind an average offensive line? I've I've often wondered that. Good question. Uh, from a defensive perspective. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate the call, John. Thanks, John. I appreciate the compliments. Uh, you know what? Probably I would rather face a uh, dominant uh, tailback than a dominant offensive line because a good offensive line can make an average running back a good player. And uh, if you can control the line of scrimmage, and like I was talking earlier. you can play. If you can play in the backfield, right, if you then get, it's going to make it tough for a great tailback. Yeah, get penetration and limit his uh, cutback lanes and things like that. But, yeah, I'd much rather play a uh, uh, less dominant O-line than a very strong O-line. And I would, I would guess, John, again, I mean, that's the question you asked was sort of along the lines of when uh, Jeremy was wondering could a player um, get another deal outside that. Mm. I would think it would be tough if NIL is brought in and is going to be distributed by the university, by a group at the university. I would think you you might see the situation that you've seen at at some schools uh, with with broadcast, where where that becomes sort of under the umbrella of the school. I don't know that there would be. Um, I, I don't know how it'd be. You, you'd have a successful NIL group that would be outside the school if if the school is responsible for handling that. So that's a good question, though. I mean, there are so many questions that will have to be answered, uh, and there'll be plenty more discussion about the this proposal that uh, NCAA President Charlie Baker uh, appears to be on the verge of, of uh, 
bringing to the NCAA. We'll get one more call before we get to our bottom of the hour break, and Yellowhammer is up next. Hey, Yellowhammer. Hey, afternoon. So, uh, hello, uh, Coach Dunn. I wanted to ask you this. You were just talking about the evolution of body type because of the evolution of football uh, offensively over the years. So defenses have had to get faster, mobile, that kind of thing, where almost safeties are now linebackers, and linebackers are on the defensive line, you know, kind well, of. Well, guys, with, with, with the athletic abilities of those, they're just bigger. Right, right. That's true. Well, uh, here's – Go okay, ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say, uh, doesn't that make uh, – uh, a defense vulnerable to the uh, vulnerable. There we go. The vulnerable. I'm having trouble here. Uh, to uh, uh, a smash mouth running game kind of thing. I mean, look at Auburn. We we ran the ball pretty good. You know, I mean, we we made that uh, work in the Alabama game. And so uh, I just wondered what you think about maybe you could be a retro offense. You know, running the old style. Uh, no doubt. Uh... Auburn ran the ball very well. Probably one of the best uh, rushing attacks against Alabama. Ran it well against Georgia and Alabama. Right. I'm an old school guy. I think you have to run the ball. If you can run the ball, it's going to make things so much better. You know, everybody knows this. It's going to open up the passing lanes, open up the passing game. But, you know, in the old days it was run, run, pass. First down, second down, third down. You were going to throw it. Now it's every down, anywhere on the field, even in the end zone. I see people mm-hmm. in shotgun, which drives me completely crazy. But uh, how do you feel about shotgun on <laughs> third and fourth and shorts? I can't stand it. <laughs> I think we need to do what the pros are doing. What they call it, the tush push. Yeah, they, absolutely. They the big fat guys behind the quarterback and just run over him. And uh, yeah, but Yellowhammer, you're right. It's it's if you can run the football, I think you're better off. And I think, you know, you, you saw an example. You remember back to the preseason when Nick Saban was talking about wanting to get back more to smash-mouth football. Now, some things of that are different now, and, and you see running from quarterbacks now. But whatever it takes, if you can run the ball, uh, Don, I, I agree with you. If you can run the ball, then you, you've got a leg up. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd much rather have a, a good running attack than a, a good Average passing attack. Now, if you have a super, super passing attack, that's going to help. But I'll tell you this: uh, if you can run the ball, it's going to take it's going to take the uh, a defense off the field, for and it's going to help you. We'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Appreciate the call, Yellowhammer. Jake Crane of Crane and Company joins us on the other side. So stick with us here on the Tuesday Drive. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final half hour here on this Tuesday evening. It's Bill and Coach Don Dunn here in the studio. Got Drew at the controls and it's Tuesday and that means... It's time to welcome in our regular Tuesday guest as Dan on the road with uh, women's basketball tonight, more than ably uh, covered by Coach Dunn here. But we welcome in Jake Crane of Crane & Company here on the Tuesday Drive. Jake, how you doing, man? Man, I'm uh, doing fantastic. Great to join you guys. And, uh, yeah, it's been a a, a wild last couple days. Yeah, no no kidding. I mean, we knew it was going to be crazy. The portal opening – 
I mean, uh, Hugh Freeze talked about it last week, saying that you know he wished something could be done because you've got you're you're recruiting your own players, trying to keep the ones you'd like here from getting into the portal while you're having to keep tabs and offer everybody who's getting in. When hey, by the way, in two weeks you need to sign most of the top players in the country are going to be wanting to sign on December 20th. And then uh, if you're fortunate enough, uh, you're trying to get ready for a bowl game as well. That's just football. Yeah, I mean, it's the ultimate mixture of the offseason and uh, and the in-season when you're getting ready to play a bowl game. And, and look, um, you know, they kind of let the transfer portal and NIL out of the box without any guardrails. Uh, I think both can work, but but they need to be refined. I mean, when it comes to the transfer portal, Number one, I don't even know how many years you get to play in college anymore. I mean, there's some guys that's like <laughs> been playing for about six, seven years. Uh, but when it comes to being able to transfer, I, I'm fine with the one-year free transfer rule. Uh, I just don't like it within the same conference. I mean, I, I don't think you should be able to go from LSU to Alabama without having to pay a penalty unless the head coach is fired or resigns or retires. I think that should give you the ability to move within the conference. But if you want to use that one free year to go from, from Tennessee to Utah – I'm fine with it, but I mean, yeah, you've added a new element to recruiting, and that's re-recruiting your own players. I mean, you have some teams that are in situations right now that are playing in bowl games outside the playoffs that they have players that are going to be sitting out negotiating whether they're going to be coming back or not while you're trying to get ready for a bowl game. So, I mean, it's hard enough to win already, but but this added another element to it. Yeah, no, no question about that. Well, you look at the SEC championship from this past weekend, uh, and Alabama's got a couple of players that were playing for Georgia two years ago. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've gotten to the point now where th- there's a reason NFL just doesn't have unrestricted free agency, right? There's a reason why why every co- uh, contract isn't a one year contract, and then you just go wherever you know to the highest bidder uh, or whoever wants to take you during the off season. It- it's gotten to the point now where um, you know we-, we talk about tampering and and this and that. Well, of course there's going to be tampering. There's tampering in everything. But when you have the, the freedom and the ability to just move, I mean, I think JT Daniels is transferring again. Did I see that right? Like, it just How many, insane now, he, to me. I, I thought he was about done. Uh, I guess when you're a graduate transfer, you, you can transfer every every single year? Well, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, it's, it, to me, some of these guys are making so much money in college. Why would you want to? Go ahead and get your doctorate while you're at it. Right. Keep playing. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'd do. If I was the guy that wasn't going to be, you know, an, an NFL quarterback, I'll, I'll milk this thing as long as possible. Man, that is, that is crazy. Yeah, of course, the, uh, the, the conference championships were this past weekend. Might as well get your thoughts. Did they get it right? No, I, I don't think they did. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and argue whether Alabama's a better team than Florida State when Florida State doesn't have Jordan Travis. No. That's right, but – to me, you set a precedent that the regular season doesn't matter. Yep. I mean, this is a Power 5 team and a Power 5 conference that went 13-0, and that played two games without their starting quarterback. They may have been ugly, but they won both by double digits. The question I have to ask is, if Florida State's not good enough to be where Alabama is, how are they good enough to be in front of Georgia and Ohio State? If it, if it just came down to Jordan Travis and Jalen Milroe gets hurt in bowl practice and can't play, Georgia should take Alabama's spot with that line of thinking. So to me, uh, I think regardless of, of how it works out and, and the reason I think they did it, Bill, is because they can get away with it this year. Why? Because right. we're going to a 12 team playoff. You will never, we'll be arguing about 
you know, this team should have been a six seed or this team should have been an eight seed or they should have got in as the 11 or they should have got in as the 12. You know what we're not going to be arguing about? An undefeated Power 5 conference champion getting in. Never again. 12 teams allowed in with, with automatic bids. So I felt like an opportunity arose for them to put somebody that's going to generate more views, more ratings, which equals more money, into that spot that's from the conference that generates the most revenue when it comes down to TV and ratings in, in college football. And they realized they were going to a 12 team. So they took the opportunity. And even if Bama wins it, I still don't think it's the right decision. No, and my feeling was it's absolutely not that Alabama doesn't deserve to be there. Uh, I'm not going to argue that Alabama is not one of the four best teams. But for Alabama to be in it, Texas needed to be in it, and that, that eliminated Florida State. Well, well, and, and here's my thing. If Georgia and Washington play on a neutral field this weekend, who's favored? Georgia. I would probably venture to say Georgia. So why is Georgia in, not in for Washington? If that's what we're doing, if we're going to go with this, let's just take the four quote-unquote best teams, which is opinionated or the most talented teams, why even play the regular season? All we talk about is player safety. Why are we playing 12 games? Just before the year, take the recruiting rankings of each player on the roster, mix that with the NFL draft projections, which you can get before the season, let the computer spit out four teams, and let them play. Why are we wasting our time? Yeah, let's go ahead and do that at the beginning of the year, and then we'll just play it out yeah, from there. Yeah, yeah. Nobody will ever get hurt. The, the injuries will go down by 95%. <laughs> Got it. It, it, it. It's crazy. It, it is. But you're right. I mean, now that there's going to be a 12-team playoff, there, there won't be another unbe- uh, undefeated team left out. And it won't. there won't be nearly the stink of the number 13 team not getting in except for the yeah. fan base of that 13th team. But, well, uh, I, I tell you what, Bill. I thought if anybody was going to get the shaft, it was going to be the Pac-12 team for the – for the same like method but different reason because the Pac-12 is gone, right? Mm-hmm. What are they going to do next year? Fight you with what Washington State and Oregon State? The Mountain West didn't come in after you, so I thought they'd give either Oregon or Washington the shaft. I didn't realize they'd give Florida State the shaft with the way it worked out. Yeah, that's crazy. Now um, we've been talking a good bit about Charlie Baker's proposal here that is going to be maybe the biggest difference maker or the biggest change in the history of the NCAA? Have you seen this stuff? I mean, pretty much uh, proposing that that schools take over NIL, which that's not as crazy as the the proposal that schools would then be able to call their own shots as far as scholarship limits, recruiting uh, terms, uh, as far as when you recruit them, how many you bring in, how many you sign, limitations, no limitations on coaching staffs. What is going on? I mean um, – uh. I, I don't I, I don't understand. I wasn't born. I, I wasn't alive during the seventies, but I feel like this is how it was in society. But in college football, like it, it, when it comes to that, we need. And I'm not a red tape guy. I'm not a regulations guy in ninety nine percent of things. But in this, we need some rules. Like when it comes to NIL and the transfer portal, which we talked about earlier. But here's what I thought. I thought NIL was if I'm Bryce Young, and I do a deal with Dr Pepper. That is between Dr. Pepper and my people, not the school, not these collectives. And now you have to have a collective. You're behind the times if you don't have one. But we've added a middleman. See, that way, if the deal was between Bryce Young and Dr. Pepper, you know what Dr. Pepper would say? They would say, all right, well, if we're going to give you this NIL money, then you have to stay at this place if we are sponsoring the school for at least two years. And if you leave before those two years, you have to pay back that NIL money that was given to you. This would make this so much easier, but that's not what we did. 
We just added the middleman. Now they want to make the middleman the whole man. Now they want to make yeah. the middleman the, not only the person that rec- that that is is in between the deal, but can regulate the whole deal and can set their own rules. It would basically be an increased separation of the schools that have the capability to do that and the schools that can. If you want to separate the Power Five and the Group of Five, do just do it. Don't do it by ruining the rules of, of the sport. Just separate. I, I feel like we need more rules, not less. Well, one of the things we were talking about this uh, in the first hour with Andy Bircham, and, and Andy said, and I, I completely agree, this is, this is Charlie Baker and the NCAA trying to do anything they can to hang on, to try to hang on to the, the, uh, those schools by saying, we'll continue running the championships and all the other sports. You handle the football. Please just don't leave. I think that's, I think that's what's going on, Jake. Yeah, I, again, they, I mean, they're disappearing so quick from college football, and it's a great thing, in my opinion. You know, I think it could happen to a better group of people when it comes down to it, but that's that's just me, I guess. But, yeah, and listen, is this thing going to pass? I, I don't think it would pass, right? I, I, I don't, I don't think know. it would. I mean, well, um, I, I, I can't I, I imagine – yeah, I can't imagine the have-nots saying, oh, sure, you guys just go and have all the money and get all – get you know, get, yeah, get all the I, money I, from I this. I don't think – I think it's either one of two things. Either it's what you're saying, or they're trying to do what they, what everybody does when a bill's proposed. You put everything you in it, in it that you want to an extreme level, and make them meet you on some common ground in something. So I, I think it, there may be some posturing there as well. But I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I just talk about sports. Yeah, I hear you. Um, didn't even stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> No, no, didn't even do that. So, I mean, I've watched a lot of Law and Order. I mean, I, I could hold my own thing. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Uh, let, let's uh, before we run out of time, a little bit more on the the portal. There, uh, man, there there are a lot of quarterbacks. It seems like maybe they just get more more pub, or or am I or am I wrong? Does it seem like there are a ton well, of quarterbacks that are jumping in? No, there is, but but you know that's just how it works. It's like in the NFL draft, like who's the most talked about, right? It's yep. the quarterbacks, it's the tackles, and the defensive ends. I mean, those are the ones that that control the game. And and obviously, you know, speaking of quarterback, the quarterback apparently is the only important position on the field. And if he goes down, you cannot win a championship. So that's why I think Jordan Travis should win the Heisman. But I don't want to go off on on that thing. No, I but saw look, that. You're um, you're absolutely right about that. If he's that important, he's the most important. He ought to be of all there. Time, apparently. Apparently, like, how can you not give it to him? He's so good that the rest of his team full of first-round NFL draft picks don't have a chance. Is it Daniels? Uh, I would, I would think yeah, he's going to win be it. Jayden. It's going to be after Bonick, after what happened to Oregon. It's going to be Jaden. But, but to the the transfer portal question, yeah, I mean, look, you have it's you got to strike while the iron's hot. I mean, look at the money that's getting thrown around for quarterbacks. I mean, you you look at the quarterbacks that go in, they're going to be talked about, and then you look at the offensive tackles or the offensive linemen that you're able to go get to kind of supplement some losses, especially at these higher-level places. I said today, to me, the smartest way to spend your NIL money is in the transfer portal. If I'm going to give, if I'm going to give you it's some a proven, of my co- A proven product. A, pr- a proven commodity. I know what you're going to do. It's like in the NFL, right? Some GMs would rather get a lot of free agents because they kind of know what they can do and how they'll play as opposed to just relying on all draft picks and going all in there. I mean, you have a proven commodity versus a projection. Um, so again, I would be heavy to the, on the transfer portal when it comes to NIL. All right. Looking at, at Auburn, I mean, obviously a lot of the fan base looks at the quarterbacks. Does Auburn need to, I mean, let's, let's, uh, get to Auburn. Does Auburn need to spend money on a quarterback or do they need to, to look at, at other options with what they have? 
Well, yes. I, I Look, I, I think Peyton Thorne did some good things, but I don't think – and look, the standard at Auburn is still very high, right? If you're going into this thing just trying to win nine games, just keep, just keep Peyton Thorne, right? Uh, but if you're trying to have a chance, and I think Hugh Freeze can, to win this thing, you have to have somebody that can make the throws down the stretch, even throws to wide open guys with Peyton Thorne. He struggles. I don't think you can win it with him. And it's not like he's such an elite runner that you'll just live with the throwing. Like with Nick Marshall, he was such an elite runner. He didn't have to be Drew Brees in the pocket. Jalen Milrow, another great example of that. He's an elite runner. So it's not that situation. I think if you have a chance to go get a Riley Leonard, I know he's going to visit Notre Dame. They got to be worth it, right? You can't just go mm-hmm. get somebody. To oh, get you're right somebody. there. Yeah, you got to go get the guy. Like, in, and uh, Peyton Thorne wants to hang around and compete. Look, I mean, more power to you. I'd rather have two than just one anyway. So uh, I really believe if there's, there's somebody out there they can go get that will fit the system, that will, that will upgrade the position, you got to do it. Because I tell you what, they keep these young receivers they got in this class. It's, uh, it, could, it could get very interesting with what they return up front. Talking with Jake Crane of Crane and Company here on the Tuesday Drive. Jake, let everybody know what have you got to, coming up on the show and, and make sure everybody knows how to, how to follow it. Yeah, well, you know, we just had Tim Brando. We're talking everything college football, obviously transfer portal, uh, giving updates on that. But uh, I was just in a movie that was released. Uh, it's called Lady Ballers. Whoa. Uh, it's kind of like a dodgeball-ish type Yeah, I've, I've heard of it. I, I did not know. Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's the most streamed movie right now uh, in the world on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got like 97%. I can't believe it. Um, if you grew up in the age of like wedding crashes and old school and bench warmers and stuff like that, you'll enjoy where, it. Where, where do we um, look? Where do we look to find Jake? You go to Daily Wire Plus, man. It's uh, it's been the biggest thing that they've ever launched. Um, it's a it's a full length movie, and uh, you'll see me. I'm in it, and it's uh, it's pretty funny. I think. Oh, well, that, I'll definitely be checking that out. Great stuff, yeah, Jake. You need to watch the trailer, Bill. You'll lose your mind. Oh man, I'll I'll do that here. We got a break coming up. I'll be checking it. All right, brother. Well, good. hey, Coach, good to talk to you. You too, buddy. Thank you. Jake, yes, sir. Jake Crane joining us as he does on Tuesdays. We'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Man, he's a star. I didn't realize how big a star. <laughs> We're back to uh, wind things down here on the Tuesday Drive. Come 